Welcome to Park Ave Baptist Church Podcast. A weekly broadcast of our Sunday sermon. I'm Himra Chanel, pastor of community engagement and stewardship. And I'm Darcy Jarrett, pastor of worship, advocacy, and arts. Park Ave is a bold, inclusive, and creative community where everyone is welcome. We uplift voices and identities that are marginalized elsewhere. We affirm all ethnicities, racial identities, ages, socioeconomic groups, gender identities, and sexual orientations. Because we hold to a theology that refuses to other anyone. At Park Ave, our leadership model is non-hierarchical. And we practice an open pulpit where you will hear a multiplicity of theologically trained voices from different backgrounds and social locations. We don't just preach and talk about deconstructing systems and structures of power. We We practice practice it. Through this podcast, we hope you will be inspired, encouraged, and challenged. Listen Listen with with us now. Park Avenue Baptist Church, in response to COVID-19, has suspended in-person worship, but that can't stop us. What you'll hear on this podcast is a recording of our online worship, which happens each Sunday at 10 a.m. Join us through our Facebook, at Park Ave Baptist, or our Instagram, at Park Ave Baptist. We hope that you stay safe in these difficult times. Now we will have a reading, a Bible reading, uh, from Alexia, uh, Matthew 2, 21, 1 through 11. Now hear this scripture from the Gospel of Matthew. When they approached Jerusalem and came to Bethage on the Mount of Olives, Jesus gave two disciples a task. He said to them, Go into the village over there. As soon as you enter, you will find a donkey tied up and a colt with it. Untie them and bring them to me. If anyone says anything to you, say that their master needs them. He sent them off right away. Now this happened to fulfill what the prophet said. Say to daughter Zion, look, your king is coming to you, humble and riding on a donkey and on a colt the donkey's offspring. The disciples went and did just as Jesus had ordered them. They brought the donkey and the coat and laid their clothes on them. Then he sat on them. Now a large crowd spread their clothes on the road. Others cut palm branches off the trees and spread them on the road. The crowds in front of him and behind him shouted, Hosanna to the son of David. Blessings on the one who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. And when Jesus entered Jerusalem, the whole city was stirred up. Who is this, they asked. The crowds answered, it's the prophet Jesus from Nazareth in Galilee. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. I wanted to start today by offering one more gospel perspective on our story. This is a unique story that we have today that is present in all four gospels. So I thought it was important to check out another perspective from the gospel of Mark. So hear now these words from Mark chapter 11, verses 1 through 11. Now when they drew near to Jerusalem, to Bethphage and Bethany, at the Mount of Olives, Jesus sent two of his disciples and said to them, go into the village in front of you, and immediately as you enter it, you'll find a colt tied on which no one has ever sat. Untie it and bring it. If anyone says to you, why are you doing this? Say, the Lord has need of it and will send it back here immediately. 
And they went away and found a colt tied at the out door outside in the street and they untied it. And some of those standing there said to them, what are you doing untying that colt? And they said to them what Jesus had said and they let them go. And they brought the colt to Jesus and threw their cloaks on it and he sat on it. And many spread their cloaks on the road and others spread leafy branches that they had cut from the fields. And those who went before and those who followed were shouting, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Blessed is the coming kingdom of our father, David. Hosanna in the highest. And he entered Jerusalem and went into the temple. Now the passage I just read and the one that Alexia read earlier are commonly described as the triumphal entry a practice well-known in the ancient world, especially in the Roman Empire. The language and actions described are mirrored in histories of kings and conquerors returning from battle during the Hellenistic and early Roman periods. Spartan and Macedonian generals, Alexander the Great, Judas Maccabeus, Cicero, and Marcus Agrippa all would have returned to praise after their victories. In ancient Roman culture, the vir triumphalis, the man of triumph, would parade into the city wearing a laurel wreath and purple clothing, representing both royalty and divinity, riding a charity pulled by mighty horses. During Augustus's reign, this sort of parade became part of the imperial cult, making it even more special and exclusive. Jesus's journey into Jerusalem alluded to the journeys that had come before him, carrying out traditions associated with ancient kings and conquering victors and the divine, all in one procession, kind of. Now, Jesus and his disciples are on their way up to Jerusalem for the Passover feast like thousands of other pilgrims coming to commemorate the occasion. The books of Matthew, Mark, and Luke open this narrative with what seems like an absurdly long description of how they're going to acquire the cult that Jesus was going to ride into the city on. And for a moment that feels so big in the Holy Week narrative, Mark, for example, only spends 11 verses talking about it in total, and half of those are spent talking about how they're going to get this animal. Why? But these three gospel accounts are trying to get our attention and point us to the message of this whole event. The book of Zechariah in chapter 9 verse 9 says, Rejoice greatly, O daughter Zion. Shout aloud, O daughter Jerusalem. Lo, your king comes to you, triumphant and victorious is he. Humble and riding on a donkey, on a colt, the foal of a donkey. He will cut off the chariot from Ephraim and the war horse for Jerusalem and the battle bow shall be cut off and he shall command peace to the nations. His dominion shall be from sea to sea and from the river Euphrates to the ends of the earth. The one who comes Riding on this humble animal won't be the kings of the past and won't be the figurehead of the empire. No, the one who enters in this way 
will declare peace rather than conquering and oppression. The disciples bring the cult back to Jesus as they continue their journey into Jerusalem. A crowd begins to gather and swell in the streets as Jesus is recognized. The crowd spread their cloaks along the road with cut branches from the trees softening the way. Voices join in declaring, blessed is the one who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest heaven. Hosanna, save us, we pray. This impromptu gathering is far from the formal imperial parades as Jesus is called king. Jesus, that one from Nazareth with his ragtag group of disciples and women and outcasts. This street party is getting loud, filled with those under oppressive rule who have the audacity to be happy. So of course, people are gonna have something to say about it. Luke's account of this story ends with a telling off. And some of the Pharisees in the crowd said to him, teacher, rebuke your disciples. And he answered, I tell you, if these were silent, the very stones would cry out. Human voices may be silenced, but the joy and the justice of divine love will be proclaimed. Cries of peace and hope fill the streets. Palms are waving, cloaks are being strewn on the ground. This is not a military parade meant to intimidate or demonstrate the might of empire. The Roman Empire was about influencing others through power and coercion and violence. Rome genuinely believed that it was spreading the peace, the Pax Romana, and it sought to do so through violence. I'm sure that doesn't sound familiar at all. Jesus's procession into Jerusalem stands in direct contrast to such demonstrations. This is the declaration of a new way. This is joy in the midst of occupation. This is resistance. Welcome to Holy Week. Throughout Lent, we've been exploring the idea of reimagining sacrifice here at Park Ave. Many of us who were raised in Christian communities were brought up with a strong emphasis on the death of Jesus Christ and the subsequent guilt that we should carry because he died, because of the things that we had done, and because of the things that we would continue to do. That his death was intended to be a negotiating tactic to keep us from the wrath of an angry God. And then we jump right into the beauty of Easter morning and cries of he is risen. While I've developed a new theological perspective on the death of Jesus since I was younger, one that sees his crucifixion, crucifixion as a product of what happens when empire is threatened, I can see new ways in which this idea of reimagining sacrifice needs to be applied to our whole Holy Week pilgrimage. We know what the rest of this week holds. Jesus will turn over tables. He will share the last supper with his disciples. He will be betrayed, arrested, questioned, tormented, and executed at the hands of the state, along with other victims of the almighty empire. 
when we know what is coming, it can feel pretty ridiculous to spend time honoring this seemingly futile parade. But I believe that to get through Holy Week, we have to honor the joy of Palm Sunday. Joy is our resistance to a culture and economic system that demands constant and unrelenting sacrifice. Sacrifice your body, sacrifice your sleep, sacrifice your convictions for the almighty dollar. Nonprofit and ministry workers and activists aren't immune from this either. The demand for us to give more and more and more pulls us into a space where we're caring for others, but don't for ourselves as we try to meet every need, attend every march, and respond to calls and texts and emails that seem never ending. The world cries out for more and more of us as attacks on human dignity persist, and we strive to answer the call to co-create the kingdom of God. I fervently believe that this is the work that we are called to do. And I equally believe that finding moments of audacious joy are what keeps us going to labor faithfully on the journey. Saying that it's been a hard year is the understatement of the century. Many of us and those that we love have suffered illness and unemployment, loneliness and anxiety, and the ugliness and devastation of police brutality, white supremacy, and violence. It has been almost impossible to find joy. And yet, it hasn't disappeared. Joy is persistent. When we make space for it, we can work to dismantle the overwhelming systems that continue to deny the sacredness of humanity and the earth. God embodied in and walking alongside of humanity is not the conquering military hero to be lauded or the government official riding a mighty steed. This image of Jesus riding in on a humble colt declares exactly who God is, a bearer of peace. Nadia Boltz Weber writes, Jesus is God's self-revelation. Jesus is like God saying, this is how I want to be known. It's like God telling us, will you stop your projections already and just listen to Jesus, watch Jesus, follow Jesus, so that you can really know who I am. Can we prepare ourselves to really see who Jesus is in this most holy of weeks? Can we see the time and the space allotted for joy amidst deep hardship and pain? If we don't cry out, the rocks will. This is a journey of intermingled struggle and joy and declaring and nurturing and advocating and sharing and persistence until we see the glory of God magnified in a just world. Yes, there is work to be done, but there is also rest and celebration to be had. And our joy is a deeply powerful tool 
to reject the exhaustive wheel of productivity. Let's commit to taking time for joy and let it permeate our ethic of co-creating the kingdom of God on this Palm Sunday. Yes, we know what is coming. We know what Holy Week holds, but it is our joyful resistance that carries us through to Easter morning. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Park Avenue Baptist Church podcast. If you'd like to worship with us in person, our services are on Sunday mornings at 10 a.m.-ish. We are at 486 Park Ave in Southeast Atlanta, across the street from Grant Park, at the corner of Park Ave and Sydney Street. To find out more about us or get in touch, visit our website at parkavebaptist.com. Now go into a world that is too often unjust, knowing that the God that created you loves you and empowers you to love boldly, live inclusively, and serve creatively.